podcast. Time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. Welcome back in. Hour number two here on Thursday. Hey, a quick programming note for you. Tomorrow morning, normally we have the segment with the uh, city council president, Linda Morad, and uh, and the other council that she brings on with her. Normally we have that segment in the 8 a.m. hour on Fridays. Tomorrow we're going to be moving it a little bit earlier uh, because we have a, a, a scheduling issue for Councillor Carney. She now goes to work earlier in the day and will not be available during that regular slot. So we are going to be bringing it back a little bit earlier uh, tomorrow morning so that we can accommodate her schedule and still give her a chance to, to come on. So what's going to happen is tomorrow they're going to call us right after the 630 news and we are going to do the segment then. So to, just to warn you, tomorrow I might burn a few extra commercials before the 630 news, get them out of the way so that we can uh, have some uninterrupted discussion with the counselors. And then what I'll try to do is I'll try to make sure that we can get that audio and replay it for you in its regular slot. So uh, that way there, we can make sure that even if you're not up that early, you can still hear the segment. Uh, and then, of course, you can always hear it on podcast, too. But that'll be tomorrow morning. Uh, we will do that. And um, for the remainder of the time that Councillor Carney will join in the cycle, we can probably do the same thing. So if she's reelected in a couple of weeks, we'll just continue on. So, well, we'll see. I guess, I guess the interesting thing that would happen here, and this might be jumping the gun a little bit, but if Councillor Carney is reelected and then... As she said, she wants to go for the council presidency next year if she's reelected. She's, she said that on the air. It's not a secret. And then if she got the council presidency, well, then we might just have to move the segment permanently to before she has to go to work. So we'll, we'll keep you up to date with all of that. We'll also keep you up to date with the listener meet and greet, the listener get together, the listener mixer, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's not even going to be formal enough that it needs to have a name. It's going to be very informal, very casual. Uh, it seems like everything's falling into place. Just waiting to hear back the confirmation from the person, the contact person. Left a phone call and an email yesterday. Just want to say, making sure everything's good so that I can announce it on the air. But I will tell you to keep November 21st, Tuesday, November 21st, clear. We will be meeting at a place where you'll be able to to buy a drink if you want to buy a drink. You know, you can buy food. And and that's the thing. Like, people are like, oh, are you going to provide food? Are you going to provide? Nope, nope, nope. Anything like that just makes it way more formal than we're thinking that it is. Then it becomes a station event, and then it turns into, and it's not about us. It's about you. We might have to pay for a bartender 
If that's if that's the case, if they want us to pay for a bartender, we'll we'll cover that. I'll pay for that if I have to, but we'll we'll pay for that. But anybody that wants to have something to eat, have something to drink, it'll be available for you to purchase. That way there, nobody feels like, because if you start to say, oh, we're going to be offering food, people are like, oh, so I got to go sit with a bunch of people I don't know and sit down and eat? No, everything is up to you. It's going to be very laid back, very casual, so that when we do it again, people want to come back out to it. I don't know about you, but I'm not a big fan of when there's too much happening at something, I just want to go and relax and have a good time. I don't, I don't want to be worrying about, well, this person, this person has food allergies and they want to know if the kitchen can do this and then this and then this and then, oh, we're out of this. And then, no, no, just want to hang out, chat, talk, get to meet all of you, let you meet each other. As we said, that's the most important part. So we didn't really get to discuss as much in the first hour because the, the main story took up, uh, the story out of Maine took up most of the time, but Last night, the New Bedford Licensing Board met to discuss extending when the nip bottle ban would go into effect. As you remember, the licensing board voted to ban nips in the city of New Bedford, nip sales in the city of New Bedford. And that is happening. That will happen. This this discussion was not to rescind that ban. Now, there are a group of liquor store owners that are challenging the ban, and that will go forward. The challenge, this what happened last night, will not affect that, according to uh, Frank Mulligan's reporting on the Standard Times. So that challenge will continue, but this isn't that. This was a meeting by the licensing board to discuss the feasibility of that November 1st deadline to stop nip bottle sales. And I don't know if you've been in a city liquor store recently, but they're usually pretty well stocked on nips to the point where if that ban did go into effect on November 1st, which by the way, it's probably going to kind of get some of you uh, to jump a little bit, is next Tuesday. It's right around the corner. And so, come on, how feasible is that, that all of those bottles would be gone? By November 1st. So what would happen? The store owners get stuck with that stock. Well, they did vote last night to extend that ban until August 1st. So August 1st is now, August 4th, 1st, 2024, is when the nip bottle ban will go into effect. And even that challenge by the liquor store owners could take up to a year. So the ban could go into effect August 1st, but then be reversed a few months later. It's, uh, it's pretty messy when you get to that point. But basically, all you need to know is right now, August 1st is the deadline of when liquor stores in the city of New Bedford have to stop selling nip bottles. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Are you talking about the little uh, shot bottles of liquor? Yeah, we, we call them nips here in, uh, in New England. Nips, that's something that, that's another name for something else. Okay. <laughs> so I I uh I want to talk about something serious before I before I get to my get to the rest of the thing. Okay. So, um, it's like, you know, you know, I was I was I was at the the Oct- one October shooting event we had here and I had three different people's blood on I me, mean, not to mention carrying people to the hospital and stuff like that. Luckily um, me and, and the people, the, the girls I was with, 
you didn't get hit. But they had more blood on them than I did. But you know, but, but at least we were able to get get people to the hospital and help save them. And it's like you see that, and it's like this person, you know, no one even knew who he was, no Stephen Paddock, and and it's like it, it, this one person's attempt, you know, or or or, or feelings of mis, miscarriage or misjustice done to them that they that they could take and ruin so many different people's lives by just one person's bad day. And it's like it wasn't the first time I was shot at. I so I'm sure I'm hoping it will be the last time, but I'm not expecting it to be the last time. I remember when I was working for the Red Cross in '94 when we were in Rwanda. I remember feeling hearing the bullets whiz past my head then. So when it's like that right there, it is, it, that, to me that was the one of the worst things I've, I've ever seen. Literally, you know, I've seen like on, on like TV, like you know, Holocaust of what they did in the Holocaust group, that was like terrible, but it was in black and white. And it's like you know, and but it's still, there's nothing like being someplace in, in, in color and seeing it live. And it's like, I'm not putting down, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to minimize anything that happened in the Holocaust because I know, I know some very wonderful people that lost, lost church of people to themselves that, that passed on that way. But like, I'm just saying, as far as my experiences and stuff like that, I've seen like, uh, like this eight year old kid. I remember he had his left leg, he had a bitch that had literally got shot off. And just, when he was laying on the ground, he saw his brother on his knees holding his stomach. And who two rebels came and shot him in the stomach, and they came up on his brother while he was on his knees and chopped his brother's head off and stuck mm. him for like a soccer ball. And and it's like we found found his head like maybe not even a quarter mile away from the, where the rest of the body was. But the point of this is, you see that the, the cruelty, the children, the children. I mean, kids. You know, and it's like, and to, to me, that right there, when you, when you go and, and take and do things to the children, that's that's straight demonic. Because, like I said, that's the, that's what it is. It, it takes. It, it takes takes the very probabilities and hopefulness that we have for the future and takes and ruining it at a young age. And you see all these people, like I said, how many times I've said it beforehand, without without the grandparents, none of them going to church. There's still all these other kids not going to church. And I tell you, if you guys know anybody that use God's name in vain, say the GD, you know, step back from the says in the Bible. If you if you don't say something to somebody, they say that you're just as guilty as that person. I've done my dirt in my time, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stand by and let that be the case. I go to hell, go to hell. I'm not trying to go to hell. Like I said, if I do, I got a slurping machine with me, so I'm hoping to bring it with me with a little bit of money. So, but but it's like you know, to, to me it's it to me I've seen so many bad things, but I've seen a lot of good things, and it's like I see where people like they've when like when they've lost their homes and stuff to floods and and monsoons and stuff mm-hmm. going over there, like in the Philippines and. Or in South Southern, South America, help them get their get fresh water going for them, help them build the houses back up. That's what I'm talking about. When I was over, when I went over to India and stuff like that, and they had, I told you about those rats, that temple of the rats, those huge ass rats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that right there, that was that was that right there. But those people appreciated the help a person brought them, and that's what you want. Everybody wants to feel like they're appreciated, you know. And, and if even if they're not feeling like they're loved, as long as you feel like you're appreciated. That's a good. That's what everybody needs to feel at least once in a while. And it's like I think that I think that it's it's terrible that people aren't able to feel that way. But I think if everybody just sees somebody that they know that's not that's not in contact with their relatives or, or not getting out and about, go and say hi to them. Go go ask. They want to go have lunch or something. Do something nice for somebody today. 
and and, and it sounds cheesy, but it, you have to make it so that people understand that it's it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to have issues and, and to talk about them with people. And it's not a sign of weakness. It's a, just a sign of a struggle that everybody goes through. Exactly. Especially like, like the back in the, the, the greatest the greatest generation, which is almost gone, they used to say, you know, if they had problems and felt like they needed a vent, they get a vice roar, a lucky strike to light it up, and they're feeling better. And so it's like, I don't. I'm not. I'm not telling anybody to smoke cigarettes, which the doctors used to prescribe to pregnant women and everything in the 50s and 60s and stuff like that. No, don't do that. But um, I like to also say, like, all right, um, I remember yesterday you were we talking about movies and uh, like scary movies. I think that there's there's a couple of movies that I I don't know a lot of people have seen like like one movie called the Me- the amazing the incredible melting man. That I've never seen that. No, I know it's 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 me. You, you'd like it. And that's a good movie. But uh, we'll talk about the scary movies. Oh, the trilogy of terror. That right there. Mm-hmm. That doll is. I think that doll is way scarier than Chucky or um or any other other dolls that run around there. That that doll. And you know you can doll, you can buy replicas of that doll now. I I, I know I've seen them for like like eight hundred bucks, but I had I, I had I had one on auction. I thought I wanted for one hundred and twenty, but no. Some bastard sneaked up under me and got it. You know. I don't want to call me, but I'm not their bastard, but they're a bastard of mine. And so it's like, but I think that if, that's a great movie. And I even asked, I had Karen Black, I asked her, I even let her read a, a part of the script I wanted to have her read back in 2012. And she died in like, like maybe three, like two or three years later, I think it was like that. She, but she was interested in it. I think that would have been wonderful. I, I liked her very much in this, like, um, she's, you know, she's, she's got that scare to her, you know, and it's like, you see her, you say, oh, I know I'm going to be in a good in the mood for a good movie. You remember that movie, Burnt Offerings? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's, those are kind of movies like we were talking about, like, you know, if it's not the universal thing. It used to have but it's that slow movie. burn horror. You know what's interesting about Trilogy of Terror 2 is yeah. for a movie that scares people so much that that is considered to be one of the scary films, that was a made-for-television movie. That wasn't yeah. a theatrical film. Yeah, Matheson again. It's right there. Richard Matheson. Close enough. Okay, so um, so that's. Did you see the trilogy of Terror Two? I thought that one was scary. All all three stories were scary. I think I did you know, see that. Yeah. What uh, what uh, uh, the chick that played? Um, oh, that's not. That's uh, I'll think about the one from uh, from Kingpin. But that's not. That's not her. But oh, you need. But that that dress was short. Lisette Anthony. Yeah, Lizette, Yeah, yeah. That's that's her name. But she, yeah, she's like um. She she also played uh, Angelique in Dark Shadows. I liked her. I liked in Dark Shadows. That's what I named. Well, my, that's my, these these films were directed by Dan Curtis from Dark Shadows. So that's he used a lot of the actors that he used in those shows. And that was what that's what I'm talking about. So you know, like uh, this weekend we're having uh, uh, Alice Cooper and um, Rob Zombie in a concert mm-hmm. out here. Does that sound interesting to you? Would if you would, that, would you go see that? Yeah, if I was out there, I would. I wouldn't get on a plane and go out there. Lamone, I was almost ready to come visit you yesterday. I was trying to buy you two tickets when they went on sale yesterday. Got shut out completely. Why didn't you call me? I told you I'd hook up. You, you wouldn't spend, go elsewhere. Why don't you go to the hometown, boy? Okay. I, I just Why went on Ticketmaster. Like I said, well, that's a good place to try. But when I, I have a that, credit I'll... in my Ticketmaster account that I was going to use. Okay, use that puppy then. Like I said, because I had, I had really good, good, good seats at... For, for literally take the cover price right there. And you said, no, I'll go this way. And that was like, that was, that was the best I could do at that time. It's like, you know, I, it's not like I'm going to be shaking my ass and say, hey, you know, hey, Bono, ooh, bend over edge, you know, nothing like that. You're going to say, remember me? Yeah. I was in that video with you guys for still haven't found what I'm looking for. 
I still have it. What is your favorite song by them? Uh, well, hmm. I, it always fluctuates. It always changes. Um, it all depends on my mood. But I know that when, when I die at my wake or funeral or whatever, I want them to play Kite. Oh. That's, that's yeah. the song that I want to go out of this world with. And then just throw me in a dumpster. I don't care what happens to me after that. I would figure you would have probably said numb. That would have been it's a good one. Yep. No, I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. But my favorite first my uh, song, my first favorite song by them was, was Sunday Bloody Sunday. I think a lot and, of people's favorite is that one. Yeah. Until he came rolling across the hood of the car, and then that's what that's that's when still having found what I'm looking for became my friend. My and that's song that's your car that he's rolling across the hood of. That that's not my car. That's my uh my sugar mama's car. But you were in that car. Yes, I was in the driver's seat. You see him sitting in the driver's seat, and she was like right there. So if and you want to see Lamone, that's where you can see him, and they still haven't found him we looking for a video. I was playing the cassette right there, and you uh, and, and playing it, and he rolled over the hood. He heard the song, hey, he was like surprised. And that's why I was like, don't roll over somebody's hood. Usually, usually that's like having somebody throw rocks at you or something like that. You know, you don't roll. <laughs> but it was it's not my car, you know, like I said, yeah, that was cool. So I got I got to hold you, Lamone, just because I got to take oh. a break here before the news. Oh, I, I didn't really want to talk to you, anyways. Well, I, I mean, we, we've been talking for a good 10 minutes here. i got to let you go. Well, well, tell Sister Skitty I said hello. I will. She's listening. That's what I'm talking about. she got everybody listening. You go, brother. All right. Hope you have a good day. Too. Take it well, easy. Well, everybody. God bless. That is uh, Lamone in Las Vegas. And uh, we will take a break for the... We'll take a break, and then we'll come back for the news. Stay tuned. We'll be back in just a few moments. So we are going to have the Bucks and the Bills for you tonight on Thursday Night Football here on WBSM. But coming up on Sunday... The Patriots, who beat the Bills last Sunday, now they have a chance to really, I'm, I'm, they, they could stay in the mix of the AFC East. I know it sounds crazy, but the Patriots are visiting the Miami Dolphins this Sunday. It's never easy to get a win in Miami anyway. And then, of course, now the way the Dolphins are playing this year, it's going to be even harder. But it should be an interesting game. Kickoff here on WBSM is at 1 p.m. on Sunday, which means that the pregame is at 10 a.m. And the New England Patriots on WBSM all season long are brought to you by Shooting Supply, Primacare, and D&J Enterprises. Can't wait to sit and watch that game, although I got I to gotta get up and leave during it and go do something for a story. But I think all of you will like the story that I'll be working on. So, uh, But right now, speaking of stories, it's time to get all the news of the day with Ariel. shooter who killed at least 16 people in Maine last night is still on the loose. Hundreds of police are searching for 40-year-old Robert Card, who's considered armed and dangerous and may be carrying a semi-automatic rifle. Card is being called a person of interest for two mass shootings in the town of Lewiston. The new Republican Speaker of the House is promising to find common ground with Democrats. Congressman Mike Johnson of Louisiana took the gavel Wednesday after getting enough votes to become Speaker following failed attempts from, the, from three other Republicans. Johnson called the process grueling and promised to immediately address pressing issues. In his first act as the newest Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson brought a resolution supporting Israel to the floor. Johnson said, said the move was long overdue. The non-binding measure passed with overwhelming support and calls on the Palestinian militant group Hamas to cease fighting and release all hostages. 
The off-duty Alaska Airlines plot pilot who's accused of trying to crash a plane while will appear in court today. Joseph Emerson is facing 83 charges of attempted murder and interfering with a flight crew. Emerson was riding in the cockpit on a flight to San Francisco when the pilot says he tried to shut down the engines. Emerson told police he was under the influence of psychedelic mushrooms. Georgia's lieutenant governor wants to allow teachers to be armed with guns. Burt Jones is proposing a $10,000 yearly stipend to, to attract educators to a program that trains teachers to have guns in the classroom. The president of Georgia Association of Educators says, however, that teachers don't need the added job of being a security guard. Idaho's doomsday cult mom, Lori Velo Daybell, is being extradited to face charges in Arizona. Earlier this year, she was found guilty of murdering her 17-year-old daughter and 7-year-old son and conspiring to kill her husband's ex-wife. Yesterday, Arizona officials temporarily took custody of Velo Daybell so she can also face charges of conspiring to kill her estranged husband and her niece's ex-husband. In sports, the Bruins made a pair of transactions on Wednesday. Boston signed defensive Jack Edward to a three-year entry-level contract and placed defensive Ian Mitchell on waivers. The Bruins are hosting, hosting the Anaheim Ducks tonight at TD Garden. Malik Cunningham is staying in Foxborough. According to the Boston Globe, the Patriots have re-signed the rookie quarterback receiver to the practice squad. Cunningham, who signed a three-year contract le- less than two weeks ago, had played in only one game as Mac Jones' backup against the Las Vegas Raiders. New England is set to visit the Miami Dolphins this week. And the Celtics took care of business in their season opener after topping the Knicks 108-104 to at Madison Square Garden. Jason Tatum led all scorers with 34 points and also grabbed a team-high 11 rebounds for a double-double. Kristaps Porzingis made his Celtics debut and scored 30 points to go along with 8 rebounds and 4 four blocks. Boston will host the Miami Heat tomorrow night at TD Garden. Now let's take a look at your local forecast with ABC6. Some patchy fog out there, but what a beautiful morning. Mild temperatures in the 50s to near 60. Another warm afternoon with temperatures around 70s after a record-setting temperature yesterday. We're tying the old record overnight. That warm air continues tomorrow. It's rinse and repeat with temperatures in the upper 70s. Major changes in store by Sunday and a cool down by midweek. Be sure to watch ABC6 for my full seven-day forecast from the ABC6 Weather Center. I'm meteorologist Ceci del Carmen on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. I'm Ariel Dorsey for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. It's okay if you listen in the shower. <laughs> Just keep it to yourself and don't make it weird. Back to the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM.
And welcome back in 508-996-0500. Or you can hit us up on app chat or send an open line voicemail on the WBSM app. And uh, if you haven't already downloaded it, just go to your app store or go to the listen tab at WBSM.com. And you can get it from either one of those places. And it's uh, really easy to install, really easy to use. And it's something that you'll probably use all the time, not just to listen to the station, but to read all of our content, to read our articles. We had the story last night uh, pretty quickly about the update on that shooting that happened in Fall River, where there's, there's a lot of information here that I'm wondering about. But basically, you know, we got the report earlier in the afternoon that there had been two people that were shot in Fall River. And that they were shot in the chest area. And there was very little information that the police provided. Just just a couple of sentences. And I'm just, you know, watching after something like that happens. You, you keep an eye out for the email from the district attorney's office that says, you know, someone passed away. Because usually when someone's shot in the chest, it's not a good thing. But, uh, I mean, it's never a good thing to be shot anywhere. But it usually doesn't turn out well. And then the... Update came later on. I was actually just getting ready for bed, and I was like, um, let me open this and see what's going on. And then I saw it, and I said, well, I'll, I'll get the information out there before I go to bed and so that we can you know, have it ready to go for everybody when they wake up in the morning. And then I saw what actually happened. I was like, what's this all about? Two people were shot when a gun unintentionally discharged. So I don't know what that meant, well, like what was going on in that moment. But they were both shot by the gun unintentionally discharging one time. But because of their proximity to each other, they were both struck. And I'm just trying to envision that in my mind, how that happened. I mean, if they were like tussling over the gun, one person would be on one side of it, one person would be on the other. Even if a person was cleaning it and it went off accidentally, were two people leaning over the gun cleaning? I don't... Were they, I mean... You've got to hold it the right way. Not pointing toward you. But there was um, there was certainly a lot of questions. And then the it was a male, a male and a female, a man and a woman that were shot. And the man has been kept in police custody because it turns out he's wanted on a warrant out of New Hampshire. So, I don't know. This is, this is just an odd situation. I'm sure we'll get more details at some point, but that's all we have for right now. You can read about it more at WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. By the way, too, uh, there were a few people that reached out to me and said, we should try to get tabletop nachos for our listener meet and greet. And while I get the idea, I love the idea, maybe for a future one we can do that. Where we're going, they serve food, so they're not going to have us bring outside food. But it was a good idea, good thinking. But uh, maybe we'll have to just hold off on that for next time or another time down the line. Also, I haven't met any of you yet. I don't know any of you. <laughs> I mean, I've met some of you, but I haven't met a lot of you yet. I don't necessarily know how I feel yet about us all digging into tabletop nachos with our fingers. It's different when it's a party with all your friends and family and you know everybody. It's a little bit different. I have to like know what your hygiene habits are first before we all dive into tabletop nachos together. Although I'm sure the nice folks over at Winging It would kind of section them off a little bit if we if we ask them to. But uh, yeah, you can check out that story too at WBSM.com and on the app. And I'm working on a few other things that I think that you'll find interesting. Of course, we also have a bunch of 
content regarding paranormal things, haunted things. Uh, as we get closer to the weekend, we'll share all those out on Facebook so that you can read all those legends and lore, the different stuff that we've done over the years. But uh, certainly, if you just go into WBSM.com and in the search bar type paranormal or haunted, you can find so many of those stories that we've written. Everything from the story of the red-headed hitchhiker of Route 44, which is always the way that I launch into the legends portion and the experiences portion of my lecture that I'm giving tonight. And I'll give a few more times before the end of the season. You know, that's the story that I kind of rope people in with. That's a good way to get yourself started into the Bridgewater Triangle. But yeah, we've got that. We've got the story of Fort Tabor being haunted. We've got the story of the armory being haunted. We've got the story of the rumor that we were able to to squash that UMass Dartmouth was designed by a devil worshiper. It's not true. It's just a story that rose up over the years because if you look from the campus center down to some of the benches that are on the quad there, from above, and it's real, like you can see the photo, it's in the story, and you can look it up on Google Maps yourself. From the photo, the three benches that are down there, which are an odd design, they're a long bench and then they like curl at the end. When you look at them from above, it makes a 666. And yes, this story kind of caught wind and kind of took hold during the satanic panic. But it's still the truth. It's still real. If you look at them from above, it makes a 666. But the idea of the devil worshiper the, the person who was the architect being a devil worshiper is not true. In fact, uh, the story that I heard when I went to school there in, in the 90s, the mid to late 90s, I started there in 96. The story that I heard was that he had gone up to the top of the camp aisle at midnight one night and jumped from, you know, that big needle in the middle. He had gone up there at exactly midnight one night and jumped to his death and it wasn't true. He died at his home, I think, in Florida from, I believe, cancer. And it was after I'd heard that story. So he was alive when I heard that story. So it's all kind of muddled up. But, you know, as I like to say in my lectures, I look to the movie The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance and that great line when Jimmy Stewart's telling the newspaper editor the truth of what happened, that it wasn't him who shot Liberty Valance, but it was actually John Wayne who shot Liberty Valance. And he asks the, the newspaper editor if he's going to print the truth. And he says, sir, this is the West. When the legend becomes fact, you print the legend. And that's what happens with so many of these ghost stories. The legend takes over. So we've written a lot about, you know, what is the legend? What is the truth? And you can just go to WBSM.com or on the app and search paranormal in the search bar. And you'll find a ton of stories or haunted or Bridgewater Triangle. All of those terms will get you a bunch of good stories talking about the ghosts and aliens that uh, that frequent um, Round Hill in Dartmouth. There's a story about the red-headed hitchhiker. There's stories about UFOs. Anything that you need to get spooky for spooky season, you'll find it there. And if that doesn't work, you can always download the Spooky South Coast podcast. We are almost up to episode 666. Before we get there, though, I have to go back and renumber all the episodes because there's there's some things where there's one one episode that's missing. 
and I still have to go back and dig through my storage bin, my storage facility, and find the discs so I can try to get that one missing episode so I don't keep everything out of out of order. But we're getting close to episode 666. And I almost feel like it's almost like a 13th floor in a hotel kind of thing. That Maybe we should just skip over that. Not so much that uh, I'm superstitious about it at all, but I can see people saying, yeah, I don't want to download that one. 508-996-0500. Let me see. I got to take a quick break. Call or hang on. We will get to you as soon as we come back. Go right back to the phones. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. How's it going? I was just calling about the uh, the UMass Thomas thing. um, It's kind of funny. The reason why it looks like that, it's uh, the architect was actually designed it based on the golden ratio of phi. And it's, um, it's how the seashell grows. And uh, natural growth, so that's why it looks like that. Oh, okay. Golden ratio, 1.61, I think is the, uh, the exact number. And it's a campus, so there's engineering there. So Yeah, it makes total uh, sense now, yeah. And, uh, and that type of architecture is called brutalism. Yes. And look at um, Boston City Hall and I believe Fall River, they, they kind of have the same architecture style. It was the uh, same right. architect, yeah. The same architect that did UMass Dartmouth did Boston City Hall. So I beg, uh, I give you a call, give you guys a heads up. Well, I appreciate well, it. Th- thank you so much. Take care. Great show. Thank you. And uh, yeah, one of the, you know, there were other things that that led to people building up this legend, and one of them was that every set of stairs in a UMass building has exactly thirteen steps. And so I went through and I tried to verify that. This is, you know, when I was a student there and every staircase that I used, I would count the steps and they were always like two sets of six steps. And so in order for it to have 13 stairs or, or it was like 12 steps and then like to have a 13th one, you had to count when you got up to the next floor. That doesn't count as a step to me. I mean, I guess you could say you have to step 13 times, but then wouldn't the first, well, the first so that would be 13 steps. Yeah. But I don't, I don't believe that, that that was something that people even thought was true when, when it started making the rumor. And then the other rumor was that, oh, there's, there's no clocks on the wall because they don't want you to know what time it is. Well, what, what does that have to do with anything? Even when that school was designed, people still wore wristwatches. You were going to know what time it was, whether they put a clock on the wall or not. They probably didn't put a clock on the wall because they don't want you to stare at the clock and say, when is this going to be over? So I I think that there was a lot of little things that people started to put together to build that legend. And then, of course, legend becomes the fact and you print the legend. So that's why we uh, we wrote that article was to try to dispel some of that notion. I actually dispelled that in my book too, um, Ghost of the South Coast. And then I remember before I was on the air regularly, you know, when I was just working here behind the scenes, they had me go in and talk about it on Fun 107. And you wouldn't believe how many calls they got from people that had heard that story when they went to school there and believed it to be true. So again, the legend becomes fact. You print the legend. People start to think that that's what's really the case. You know, the same with the redheaded hitchhiker. There's people who will talk about the redheaded hitchhiker as if it was a real person that died there. And we have no proof of that. I did have somebody come up and tell me at an event that there was a uh, a young man that was murdered there, and his, his brother was a 
an EMT in Rehoboth and remembers the guy. And you know, I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna insult anybody that's come out to my library lectures, but I was in North Providence the other day and I was telling that story of the redheaded hitchhiker, and in the back of the room there was a guy who looked just like him. I don't know if he came dressed because he knew it was going to be a Bridgewater Triangle presentation, if he decided to come dressed as the red-headed hitchhiker to try to mess with people, or if that's just how he would have dressed anyway. He, he had red hair and a red beard. But, I mean, I guess if you have red hair and a red beard and you know you're going to a Bridgewater Triangle presentation, why not lean into it, right? But I think he was sitting alone back there, and it was kind of freaking me out. I was going to start asking other people, like, you, you see that guy too, right? It's not just me. If he had started giggling and then laughing during my presentation and then disappeared from the back of the room, then I would have really been freaked out because that's the, the redheaded hitchhiker's MO. Anyway, 508-996-0500. That is the number to call in and chime in. Right now, though, I'm going to take my final break of the hour. We'll be right back. <laughs> opinion that's sting's best song lyrically i just love the imagery in that song all this time from the album the soul cages well we are just about done with this hour when we come back on the other side of the news more of your phone calls at 508-996-0500 more of your app chat messages on the wbsm app you can also leave me an open line voicemail if you can't wait on hold and wait to get on the air you can record what you want